When I started this series of thoughts, sharing with you, um, I had made mention that uh, I like to go to primary source. And what I mean by that, and many of you already know what that means, is that, you know, when you're trying to do research or you're trying to find an answer to some puzzle or problem, you know, we, we can look at um, various, various sources, but it's always best uh, to go back to the original source, what I call primary source. Now, from a very practical standpoint, that is what I did, or that is what I, where I found myself when I first became a Christian. Uh, growing up around, at least here in the, the Bible Belt that we do, you, you become familiar, even at a distance, of religion, of Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. I mean, you can stand off on the side and uh, listen a little bit and, and, and learn some things. But um, I found that when I became a Christian, I just wanted to know exactly what did Jesus say about certain things. And it became, uh, I guess, my, my mantra or my, my uh, guiding principle. If I could read that Jesus said to do it, I'll do it. If he said don't do it, I won't do it. And that's what I've tried to do most of my life, all of my life, or my Christian life. And I've realized in the last few years that, uh, that actually there are many things that have changed in, say, the last 10, 15 years that have always been, I guess, dependable. Uh, people would understand what, what you meant. Uh, you know, like born again, we looked at that. And then uh, worship, what worship means. Uh, uh, today's the Bible, you know, God's Word. And I, f I find myself wanting to go back to primary source because there are so many alternatives, so many things out there that can actually influence you to begin to believe something else. Now, I'm going to start off and say this, that the, all of us have a choice. We're going to be looking at this morning that there is victory in Jesus Christ in that he gives us insight as to what the Word of God is, what scriptures are, and what the Bible is. And in that, I think we're all faced, everyone is faced with this, this kind of simple um, choice. Either we view the Bible or the scriptures as one of many books in the world, or we view the scriptures and the Bible as one above many. Now, I've chosen to that second one. I believe the Bible, the scriptures, God's word is above all. And I've read, as I, I, I can't help it, I'm so curious, I always want to see what's on the other side of the fence. And I read a lot, and I read from a lot of people who know a lot of things. But I've, I have found that as I've read over the years and as I've, as I've watched, as, I, as I've observed, that the scriptures, in which we're going to look at, I'm going to go through a little history here of how we have evolved into coming to call it the Bible, uh, how effective and how influential it actually is, and more importantly, to get away from this idea of, well, it's a circular argument, 
To get away from that, I, I ask this fundamental question, does the Bible help you in your life? Do the scriptures help you in your life? That's a very pragmatic, practical question. And actually, it's a question we all, we all uh, live by. Um, you know, if something doesn't work, you get rid of it. If, 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 if it breaks, you get rid of it. You take it back. And that's the thing. If the, if the scriptures don't work in your life, then there's something wrong with them, right? But if they do work, if that does help, if it does give us what it says it will, then that's all the more reason to understand what Jesus Christ said about the scriptures. I've chosen uh, a passage that we'll look at in just a moment uh, that, that illustrates the Lord's confidence and belief and understanding of the Word of God. We live in a culture that has so many influences, as I said earlier. Now so much, it's called, I think it's a new word, influencers. There are influencers, and you can go down a list. There are influencers about your health, about your looks, about your finance. There are influencers that you can read about how to be important on the job, how to pass a job interview, uh, how to have friends, uh, how to handle those who are not your friends. And uh, there are influencers on telling you how to be successful without working a day in your life. I mean, it's all kinds of things that we can read, influences. Um, what I've noticed in all these influencers is that even though they may have things that seem and sound fairly interesting, they have their own set of problems. Uh, I'm always, you know, coming across that, well, they were this influencer, but then they decided to OD or take their own life or whatever. Uh, what I'm going to be talking about is the best influencer that you can have for your life, and that's the Word of God. That's the best influencer. Now, to, to this morning, I'm going to be speaking of the Word of God more as a book, more as a document, more as the Bible, as we'll look at it. And so I, I'm going to contend, I'm going to make the, uh, make the premise this. It is the best manual you will ever have or can ever find for your life. It is actually the best read, no matter if you like history if you like the ups and downs, the good and bad, if you like heroes, and if you like villains, the scriptures are the best to read. The Bible tells us, shows us, uh, that David can defeat a Goliath, all right? The scriptures also provide us with what I call references. In other words, I, I, uh, I love reference books. I, I won't say I'm so geeky that I enjoy reading the dictionary, but I do. I like to read it, you know. Uh, it is the best reference book about living, how to live, why live a certain way. It's actually a great dictionary, and by that what I mean is there's so much stuff said today about simple things such as uh, good, bad, uh, sin, failure. Go to the Bible. Go to the Scriptures. It will give you the, the right definition of what all these things are. 
And, and then also, I think it's the best encyclopedia about human nature. People ask me why I, I enjoy reading the Bible and enjoy reading the scriptures. It's because it is God has allowed us preserved this for us, for our benefit, in order that we might have a window into not only God, he hasn't told us everything about himself. We are told that when we see him, we will know him. But until then, we don't know everything. But he has given us a window into human nature that we can learn from. And I believe it's the scriptures. We, I'm going to be reading from Matthew, starting off, Matthew chapter 4. This is the occasion uh, where Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. He had just started his ministry, and it was the first temptation that I actually wanted to look at as our text. Jesus had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights, and so he was very, very hungry. Even there was a need, there was a desire. Uh, and we have the greatest influencer coming in and tried to influence Jesus to do something. And here's what he said. If you are the Son of God... Command that these stones here become bread. And Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now the key word here is live. We'll look at the word of God, but live. What Jesus said is man does not, cannot, will not exist or be alive apart from the word of God. So here we find that at the very beginning of the, of, the, of the ministry of Jesus Christ, he had a complete confidence in what was written, by the way, it was in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 5, where that's exactly what was said, that man, by God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the breath or mouth of God. So he says in that first one, it's written. Now, the second one is, is very similar. Therefore, the, the Satan came to him and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, I will give you all these things if you bow down and worship me. And again, Jesus said, it is written which means that he's referring to a document. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. It's written, already written. The third one is very similar, but it's a little different. He says, um, Satan takes him up to the top of the deal. And he says, cast, if you're the son of God, cast yourself off because... He, then he quotes the scripture. He says, it is written that the angels will not allow you to harm your harm your foot and Jesus says it has been said you shall not tempt the Lord your God okay well I, the reason I want to go this way is because I think it's very important that we understand that when Jesus says it is written or it is said or the word of God that we're not talking about various different things that we're actually talking about the same thing. So the first thing I'd like to address is the Word of God as it's spoken. Throughout the Old Testament, you will read this phrase, Thus saith the Lord. That's the spoken Word of God. 
And what that means is, is that uh, in, in, in uh, the Old Testament language in Hebrew, it's just basically uh, when something is spoken, when there is a word, it's like a painting, it's like uh, discovering a meadow, it's like seeing something or a fountain. So the word of God, God's words were viewed as that which comes forth. The scriptures tell us, that one day when Jesus then left the, um, you know, left the desert after being tempted, he went into the synagogue, went to his to to worship. He opened up the book, what was called the book, uh, but it was actually a parchment. He wrote and he read out of Isaiah, and he was saying that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel, to heal people, to help those who are bruised. And before he closed it, he, he, he said, today, this scripture is being fulfilled. So here he's talking about the book as being the same thing as the scripture. So the word of God spoken when it was written down by prophets or by those who listen became scripture. It was the word of God, but it became scripture that we read. All right. But then we have. Uh, Jesus, as he was teaching, uh, he made mention throughout his ministry that in the Old Testament, the scriptures, it was written or it was, uh, it was put down or God spoke. But in the New Testament, he, he mentioned some other things. And especially when he was, um, when he was uh, arguing or they were arguing with him, the Pharisees and Sadducees, about a doctrine in the Bible, uh, on that particular thing, it was... It was uh, the resurrection, Jesus made a very interesting statement about the scripture or about the word of God. Here's what he said. He said, concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? So here he combines that. That which God speaks is written down and it's preserved for us, and we're supposed to read it if we want to learn certain things. So that's the scripture. But then we come to the Bible. Find it in the Bible. Can you find it? It's Bible, but can you find that word Bible? No. So here's the history of what we call the Bible. Early on, about 13th, 14th century, uh, Biblia it was called the book. And it became very apparent in, uh, in Europe that there were many books, there were many books, uh, let's say Bible, Bible books, but there was one book that elevated above all other books, and it was called the Sacred Biblia, Sacred Book. And then as it moved from French to, from Latin French to American, the Bible. We call it the Bible, but guess what? The Bible is still what? Scripture of words spoken of God written down. So it's a special book. It's one that is a, an incredible life manual. But then there's one other one that I wanted to introduce, the good book. You ever heard that phrase? The good book. It's a unique phrase. In fact, it's different than a good book. A good book, yeah, I'd say, but this is, has been known as the good book. 
And it's a uniquely Southern phrase that developed in America, and it developed by those who were in church early. Uh, in fact, it, it developed in the early Methodist and in the early Baptist in the South and down in the Midwest, and they would refer to the Bible as the good book, the good book. And what it actually means is that people viewed the Bible, the Scriptures, the Word of God as the good book. It's the good book, all right? So just some interesting points about the Bible and why we need to recognize the value of this book, the good book, for our own lives. The reason that I find a concern, or at least a concern about this, is because the Bible now has been relegated as just one of many books. But there is a cost when that happens to an individual. In, in other words, if you view the Bible, if you view the scriptures as like any other book, the cost is going to be that, number one, you will, not, you will not be looking for it or in it for answers in your life. In fact, you may be reading Reader's Digest for some good answers. Or, unfortunately, like me, you like to read about kitchen hacks or any other kinds of hacks that I can find that are shortcuts. Uh, believe me, I can waste my time on finding shortcuts of what I call hacks, you know. Outside of the pulpit, if you ever want to know, I'll tell you some funny hacks that I've got about peeling eggs or whatever, you know. But when it comes to living life, life, man shall not live or have life apart from the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God that becomes Scripture that we have come to know as the Bible, that even some people call it, it's the good book. Life does not come apart from that. So God has preserved that for us. Jesus was also, this is another thing that he viewed the scriptures are. They were, again, arguing with him. And people thought they knew what the Bible said. Just like today, there are a lot of people who actually think they know what the Bible has to say though they have not read the Bible. They, they, are, they are listening to other people, but they're not reading the Bible. I used to hear that a lot uh, in graduate school. People would uh, make uh, comments and make um, oh, criticisms of the Bible as being circular, etc., etc. And at times I would ask them, well, have you ever read the Bible? No, I've not read it, but I've read such and such philosopher and that and that. Well, here's what Jesus said when we neglect primary, when you neglect the Bible, here's what he said. Obviously, he told the Pharisees, you do not know the scripture, therefore you do not know the power of God. So, if we neglect this good book, the scriptures, the Bible, the word of God, if we neglect that, obviously, we're not going to know about God or God's things or God's peoples or God's ways. But yet there are a lot of people who think they do. So the scriptures are special for us. 
I don't worship the Bible. Not, not at all. I'm not a worshiper of the Bible. I do recognize, though, the value of the Bible, and I learned how to recognize the value of it by Jesus Christ, because he valued what the Scriptures said, what God said, what was written down, and what needed to be studied. He valued that. And I, I do too. In fact, he said this, that it was very interesting. He was, again, they were arguing with him uh, uh, at a different time. And he said this about the Word of God. He said, the Word of God came and understand Scripture cannot be broken. Now, that's very interesting. Because here's the thing, any other instruction manual that you use in your life, I don't care what it is, I don't care what it is, there's always an update. There's always an addendum somewhere. I was talking yesterday, I mean, I was reminding with Ed and I were talking about how hot it was and everything, and I said, well, you're older than me, Ed, and you know, you remember, and uh, I remember in 1970, 69, 70, our science classes evolved around that. They were warning us we're getting ready to go through a mini ice age. Oh, but then there's been an update. Now it's, a, it's global warming, you know. Any manual that you have, no matter what it is, don't you just hate these updates on your phones? You just get to using them, and all of a sudden, there's an update, or you've got to change it. The Scriptures, God's Word, the Bible, has no update. And that's exactly what Jesus was telling them. He said, the Word of God came from God, and the Scripture cannot be broken, updated, changed. That's very unusual, at least in our culture. In fact, God said this way back to his people as he was bringing them out of Egypt. He said essentially the same thing back to you cannot live apart from my word. In fact, he said, you know, God said, I, I humbled you. I allowed you to be hungry. I fed you with manna from heaven that you did not know where it came from. He says, I did it so that you might know that you cannot live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Now, again, I'm going to get to, does it help? Because that's ultimately the pragmatic question we need to ask. We can get into all kinds of deals of how do we know the Bible is true. That's not my point. Here's my point. I believe it is true. I've chosen to believe that. No one made me. I've chosen to believe that. I believe it's true. Because I believe it's true, my next question should be, or at least ask of me, well, does it work? Is it effective? You believe it's true. If something is true, it's going to work. Is the Bible true? Well... Here's what David wrote. Your word is a light or a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It worked for him. Only even after the fact he realized that he had to take the word of God, the scriptures, 
and understand it. Because he then later wrote, he said, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And what he discovered is when the word of God is in your heart, you won't falter. Because the word of God is indeed effective. The scriptures record various wise people saying such things as the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Meaning, again, there is no update. I I find it interesting that the scriptures, even Paul understood this when Paul was writing to the church at Rome, He said this, he said, whatever things were written before were written for our learning. I've always said this. God didn't write or preserve the Bible for him. It is not a reference Bible for him. It's not direction for him. It came from him, but he doesn't need it. We do. We need to read what God has to say about what? About life, about problems, about disappointments about confusion, we need to read and see what God has to say about that, what His Word says, because whatever He said is true. In fact, that's why Paul said that they were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Well, does it work? I mean, does it actually work that the Scriptures give you hope? Well, I'll get to something in a little bit that I think illustrates that, even with the Lord. The Bible also says that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. I like that phrase. The breath of God. Now, here's something interesting, that when the Scriptures come from God, if these truths come from God... It also allows us to get a glimpse into the mind of God because he's sharing things that he knows is right, that works, that's wise, and that's effective in living. And so it's by the inspiration of God. And then the scriptures, Peter, as hard-headed as he was, wrote at the end of his life, No prophecy of Scripture or no Scripture is of any private interpretation. Here's the problem we have in our culture today. And it's not the first time, but it's one that we're new to because we never had this before. But we're in a culture that if you don't like something, you redefine it. You can redefine whatever it is. You can rewrite it. We're always trying to rewrite history or rewrite a fact But you can redefine a word where it doesn't mean that anymore. I mean, that's what's happened, honestly. I mean, you can't even say words that we grew up with, man, woman. It's all been redefined. Thank goodness I can go to a book that doesn't do that. Gives me solidity, gives me direction, gives me clarity. The Bible, the good book, Scripture, the Word of God is, in fact, the most effective influence you'll ever have in your hands, ever. It can 
effectively help you in all of the most confusing elements that you might encounter in your life. In fact, the scripture says of itself, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the spirit and the joints of the morrow. The scripture is a discerner of thoughts of the heart. So I come back to that question. Do the scriptures really help? I know God helps. I know Christ helps. But I'm talking about does it help to read and, and, and take in God's word from this book? Let me share an account. Let's kind of cinch this down. Jesus had been crucified. Everyone was brokenhearted. Everyone was just upset. They couldn't believe what happened. It was beyond their comprehension. How and why a good man such as Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a teacher, a rabbi, an instructor, why they would unjustly kill him. And his disciples or followers were just, they did not have the words. God preserved something for us in the scriptures that give us insight to this. There were two disciples walking from Jerusalem after the crucifixion. It was actually after the resurrection, but they didn't know it. They were walking, one of them's, one of them's name was Cleopas. As they were walking back to their home, Jesus appeared to them and was walking with them. And he, and he noticed, Jesus noticed, that as these two were talking, they were so sad and so upset and almost angry but just confused. So Jesus asked them, what kind of communication or conversation is it that you have with one another as you walk and you are so sad? And one of them said, well, are you a stranger in the area? Have you not heard how that they uh, murdered or they crucified Jesus who had done nothing but good things? He was a prophet. He was mighty indeed and all these things. These two walking actually capture what sometimes our life is like. They were walking. They had sadness. They had disappointment. They felt that there was an injustice that had happened. Uh, there was a futility. All this they were feeling. And then Jesus came up. They didn't know him, but he came up, began talking with them. And they explained to him why he was so, so, why they were so, so angry. And he said, oh, foolish ones, you are slow of heart to believe. And beginning at Moses and the prophets, he then began to explain to them in all the scriptures, God's word, the Bible, the good book, everything about himself. And so my question is, did it help? Well, here's what they said after he was gone. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. So yes, 
The Bible helps you. God has preserved it for you and for me. It will help you in your life. And it's, be, and it's apparent to me that if, we're, if we speak and understand the Bible, that there are people who are very interested. Um, I got permission to share this. Macintoshes. Mr. and Miss Macintosh, they were an older couple here, and then they're in Utah. He was with the Gideons for over 40 years. Uh, he read a Bible one day, changed his life, gave it to his dad, changed his dad's life. But he became so convinced of the power of the Bible or the power of the Word of God that he joined the Gideons. And for 40-plus years... Um, was, was uh, very instrumental in, in the state of Missouri. So I asked him, I said, well, tell me, did, what's your overall feeling about the Bible and people? He said, well, he said, when Sharon and I moved to Newcastle, he said, I, I, I had already brought about 200 little Bibles with me. And he said, I just had them in the garage. And he said, we got there, we noticed in our edition that there were about 200 homes. And so he said, I told Sharon, he said, you know, I can get on my, my uh, uh, wheelchair thing and, and uh, we, we just go through and ask people in the, in the edition. And he said, that's what we did, 200. And I said, well, how many refused you? And he said, only two. We passed out 100 and 98 Bibles in, the, in our edition alone. And he said, I've got two or three Bibles left, and he, had them in, he has them in his little car. And he said, I was driving through the home the other day, and he said, the maintenance man came up to me, and he said, can I have one of those Bibles? And he said, yes, sir, you sure can. And he said, well, would you pray for my mother? And he said, yes, I will. So he prayed for his mother. Well, the maintenance man came back about a week later. Don was telling me this yesterday. He said, I just want to thank you. He said, my mom's better. And he said, I've been reading that Bible. And he said, I want to thank you for having it in your, in your wheelchair. So from Don's standpoint, it not only helped him, it helps anybody and everybody. The scriptures have been preserved for us. That's why we need to understand that the word of God, the scripture, the Bible, the good book, it's been called the Word of Life. It's been called the Word of Christ, the Word of Truth, the Book of Ages, all kinds of things. The Bible can be written, the Scriptures are written in our heart. It's a light in darkness. It's a mighty influence. It's all kinds of things. Why would we not want to reference it and find out how to live? Because it's the Lord who said in closing, we cannot live by bread alone. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Becomes scripture. Becomes the Bible. We know it as the good book. And we have the privilege to have it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the time we can come as your people and give thanks for what you have provided and given to us in our lives. I pray today, Lord, that we would understand and value what you have allowed us to hold in our hands and then to have put in our hearts, and that is your word. 
I pray, Lord, that we, like David, would say, Lord, uh, we hide your word in our heart that we might not fail you. Or your word is, is, is a lamp and a light into our feet and path. Lord, I, I pray that we would understand the value of your scripture that you have given to us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for those that have been moved and changed by your words. And we'll give you thanks in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we come to a close. We'll sing this hymn. And if you'd like to come and pray, please do. Pray where you are. But just simply give thanks to God for the scriptures he has given to us, preserved for us, for our benefit. As we sing, we're living. 474. 474. We're seeing one verse, either as God's people or as someone comes, please do. All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask besides?